0: And welcome everybody back to the Abundant Journey podcast. Super glad you can join us today, a show that's dedicated to sharing the stories of entrepreneurs, business owners, and investors, people who have been successful. We're super glad you can join them, the host, Nick James, along with my co host, as always, Nick Offenkamp. Nick, how are you?
1: I'm fantastic, man. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. You know, when we are recording, it's a Monday and I just was talking to our guest and excited to intro him in a second. But Mondays typically say either you crush Mondays or they crush you. So it's too early to decide what is going to happen. But here we are and the juices are flowing.
1: That's right. I'll, uh, I'll send you both a, a link to a song. Um, when I was living in the Twin Cities, I got connected with this artist named Jeremy Messersmith, and he wrote a song called Monday You're Not So Bad, which kind of an ode to Mondays. And uh, I, I try to listen to it every Monday morning to get me in the right mindset. I like so. that.
0: I like that. <laughs> well, we're excited about our show today. We have a guest coming up north from Seattle, Tacoma area, Scotty Young and we'll jump into his story here in a minute but let's bring him in Scotty how are you thanks for being on
2: yeah i'm doing well thanks nick and nick uh, appreciate you guys having me i'm really looking forward to the discussion today
0: absolutely well you know I always love to get a little intro to our guests and how we got connected with them. And I think your story more than anybody shares the power of networking because you and I have no previous relationship other than we showed up to a Wildfin luncheon in Tacoma that we both knew a few mutual people. And we sat down and got to share each other's stories and hear the interest in investing and entrepreneurship. And that was about a year and a half ago. And from there, we both have been running in our lanes, so it's great to reconnect with you.
2: Yeah, I still remember that after I guess afternoon. Um, I probably only knew like one or two people at that table, and there was like six of us. Yeah, and here we are, like you said, a year and a half later. Um, so it's 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 pretty neat how that stuff all kind of shakes out.
0: Yep. Well, and it's the power power of networking.
1: Absolutely. I, I wasn't there because, uh, you know, probably was still in Minnesota at that point and uh, late comer to all the awesome connections that <laughs> you guys are making. But um, what was uh, was there kind of a theme to that initial gathering as far as were most people in either real estate or what was the, the kind of unifying draw that brought everybody together for that lunch?
2: Yeah, great question, Nick. So um, I think the kind of the spawning of that was uh, to kind of get into real estate. But I think the unifying okay. thing, kind of if you take it a level out, was really we're all just trying to figure out how to build wealth, right? Yep. <laughs> Which is what yeah. you guys are kind of are here to talk about, right? right. Um, um, and so, you know, all of us kind of with that like mindset and then real estate, maybe at least in our individual journeys of that wealth building uh, mission, um was kind of maybe a a step that we were all looking to explore um and so i think that is what brought us to the table at that particular launch and it was just interesting to kind of hear everybody's background you know nick was in, in from the finance world ryan and i had met each other um through tech sales um, we had our other friend Cheryl there that uh, had spent a career in pharmaceutical sales. So just a lot of different kind of backgrounds uh, you know, at the table and really just trying to kick some tires and explore some different things and yeah. and uh, kind of share each other's experiences with each other. So it was pretty neat. Yeah.
1: Totally. Yeah you mentioned tech sales right there um was that kind of your uh, your introduction as far as career entrepreneurship or um uh, kind of maybe we'll get into some of the the backstory of where did your uh, entrepreneurial wealth building drive first begin
2: yeah no I, good good question nick um Yeah, so I guess a little background about me. I actually started off um, active duty Army um, as as an officer in the Air Defense Corps and, um, you know, did one combat tour back in 2011. Um, But really kind of the spawning um, into the corporate world uh, when I transitioned out was um i really didn't have any other goal except for um to, to like like kind of the theme of this podcast but to build wealth yeah and so yeah. as i was kind of exploring the landscape of different career paths and you know um kind of being a little naive at the time in my mid-20s and not really knowing what else was out there i actually just took the highest paying job which at the time for me um was farm pharma- was not pharmaceutical uh was medical device sales with johnson okay. Johnson. so i'd interviewed with a number of different companies engineering firms consulting firms um you name it um and so in kind of that short-sighted view i took the highest salary and the highest you know (laughs) potential for that particular role not really even thinking about the path forward right which is Um, logical and so yeah what's that which is
0: logical i mean hey good salary good pay that's what most people want to try strive for Uh,
2: that's right so so we did that for three years and kind of in that um Uh, as I kind of learned more about the corporate world and had some success actually, and started gathering some savings, um, you know, to your original question there, I I did get this really kind of burning, um, entrepreneurial itch. Um, and so, um, you know, that combined with, you know, I'm also kind of a guy that gets bored pretty quickly. And, you know, once I hit the number once and then hit the number twice, I was like, well, what's next, you know, (laughs) actually like, how can we progress here? You know, and start doing even more. Um, so as I was kind of, you know, going through that discovery, I just said, why don't you know? I'm hearing that you know, entrepreneurship may be a way to go, and you know, kind of do your own thing, uh, but also, you know, really blow the blow the cap off, right? Like, let's how how yeah. do we get really, really big? So I actually took a hard break from the corporate world and bootstrapped and bought into a, a senior care franchise called Visiting Angels. Um, I'd had a buddy whose mom had made a really good living doing that. She owned two or three of those franchises, you know, so I went into that kind of mode. Um, and, you know, um, that was a really fun venture. Actually started that with another buddy. Um, and, you know, like I said, just went went all in um, for about 18 months on that. Got it to where it was very profitable uh, was really kind of humming along. And then the personal life hit, right, I had gotten married, and then we were expecting our first and all of a sudden, my, uh, my risk profile changed. So,
1: sure, absolutely. Uh, you
2: know, yeah, so that really kind of led me back to the corporate world really for some more stability. Um, and so, you know, part of the agreement with that original partner was kind of that, you know, I would kind of get the business built and that once it was built, he would kind of take it over full full, full term and, and kind of kind of run it day to day once we did that. And so after that kind of 18 month period, that um, we kind of made the agreement, you know, and he, he we were also good buddies, too. And he recognized kind of the personal things that were going on in my life, that that was a good time to transition. So I handed the keys to him, walked away kind of full, t- you know, just as a, a silent partner, so to speak, 50-50. And actually, that was all down to the Texas market, moved back to the Northwest and got back into the corporate side. So uh, a little bit of a a long-winded answer to your question there, Nick, but just to give a little background on the the early part of my journey. And then, um, you know, out of that, got back into sales. Um, And this time, again, looking for kind of the biggest paycheck, Yeah, recognizing that in the Northwest, big tech hub here in Seattle, that 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 was going to be better than the healthcare side. So made a transition there. Wow. That's awesome, yeah. man. Uh, I imagine
1: with the medical device sales, what comes to mind is a lot of uh, essentially door-to-door from clinic to clinic and trying to get in with the right physicians or right execs and having to uh, use your business acumen there to figure out how to, to get the right meetings. Is that is that about right? Do you think that that experience was helpful in cultivating your entrepreneurial spirit or...
2: Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. We, you know, I mean, I reflect on those days and it was a bit of a grind you know, is what you're kind of describing. Yeah. Uh, not quite door to door, but what we would do is actually post up in the operating room, right? Cause I, I sold the surgeons and uh, in the operating room, they have a big board of all the procedures that are happening that day with the doctors that are performing those procedures and they school you up uh, on, um, you know, where your devices can kind of aid in those procedures. And so you're really just like walking the halls um, finding the room that the doctor is going to come to. You try to show up a little bit early, you know, so you catch them while they're, you know, while they're scrubbing in and washing their hands and getting ready for surgery. Wow. And you kind of catch them off guard. Oh, I mean, they're used to it, right. Cause it's part of the culture, sure. but you know, you're, you're just, Hey, I'm Scotty. You know, you're introducing yourself. Look what I got. Yeah. You know, here's my widget today. want to give it a shot. Do you
0: want um, to yeah, use yeah, this? Yeah, that's right.
2: <laughs> I literally, <laughs> wow. yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, there was a lot of just like, you know, diving in head first and, you know, getting told no sometimes, getting put in your place sometimes. I don't have time for you, but a lot of like, yeah, let's give it a, let's give it a whirl. So wow. a lot of lessons learned to your point there, Nick. Yeah. That's crazy. That's
0: awesome. And and I'm curious, you know, in thinking about the grind there and the, the culture that you were in, and then also even before that you shared a little bit of time in the military, maybe two questions. One, were you, younger high school years military years did you know you wanted to be entrepreneurial and maybe part two to that is you know what are some lessons you learned maybe in the medical sales or also in in the military that has really helped it helped your journey along you know the entrepreneurial side
2: yeah a couple of great questions so um kind of you know going back to to what kind of makes me tick, right? Or made me kind of, kind of get into that mindset. Um, as a kid, so I'm an immigrant's kid, right? Uh, my parents owned a, a Chinese restaurant in a really small town in Arkansas. Um, and so I you know, they were the American dream, right? Um almost, they, they actually said that I was the American dream, like, you got to go and forge a path, right? Wow. We kind of have to work with our hands and on our feet all day getting into the kitchen at 8am, you know, shutting it down, you know, cleaning the floors and and washing dishes at 10pm. So, you know, six, seven days a week. Um, And they said, look, we, you know, this is better than where we started, but you know, you're the one that's going to have to kind of take this thing forward. They're laying that foundation (laughs) for you, but high
1: expectations for what you're going to build on top of it.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Right. And uh, you know, to your first question did i want to be entrepreneurial the, the answer is no right i i i was at 13 14 15 was in the kitchen you know dropping egg rolls into the deep fryer while everybody else was at the movies um yeah. and so one and and my perception of entrepreneurship was that small right our our family restaurant the small business and i wanted no part of that yeah. i wanted 9 to 5 corporate biggest paycheck i could yeah. get Um, um and you know enjoy enjoy life um but um you know i I think you know so that is really what kind of you know you know gave me the the vision to say hey like you know there's a smarter way to go but still like want to build wealth and um you know set up your family for future generations right i have two kids now that i'm really trying to set up for success here as we go forward and leave a legacy you know towards so um I think that's kind of the foundation, like you mentioned there, Nick. Uh, but the lessons learned were really, uh, and, and this kind of falls into the military as well. Were really just 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 hard work. You know that. So my mom used to just tell me, "Look, you got to earn everything in life. You got to keep. <clears throat> you know, you just got to. You got to. You got to. And and not to be afraid to try things. Were the, the two things. So try everything. Um, and then whatever you're doing, you know, you know, give it a hundred um and so those are the things that i took yeah not just in the kitchen the military terry kind of took it a step further in terms of the discipline and you know the structure and the framework and that type of thing but um it's all really kind of been founded on just just a lot of grit you know and hustle Mm -hmm. so um yeah appreciate the question there nick yeah yeah i love that that's awesome
1: and then um just we were moving kind of quick. So from uh, medical sales, your your first true entrepreneurial endeavor. One more time, what exactly was it? Um, that yeah, you moved? we were
2: doing this senior care franchise, senior care. For the visiting That's right.
1: ages, Yeah. And uh, was that something where, I mean, you said you went all in, was that like uh, left the medical sales, uh, medical device sales and full time into uh, the senior care? Um, Or did you kind of have a period of transition of doing both for a while? Or what what did the,
2: I don't know, either that uh, opportunity
1: presented itself or just what did it look like making that transition?
2: Yeah, good question. Um, we did a lot of research while I was still kind of wearing the corporate hat, but as soon as I landed on, this was the path we wanted to go. And we, I looked at a number of names. There was a construction business. I was out there. There was a re- uh, you know, a distribution business out there, the, you know, um, that I was thinking about purchasing. Um, uh, but once we got, uh, you know, me and Mark, my, 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 partner in that adventure, um, landed on, this was the path, you know, I quit, I quit the corporate gig, went to it full time. Um, but it's a it's a really it's a it's a really good question, Nick. Because you know when we reflect on that, I you know there was never any intention for me to go back into the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we kind of talk about networking and if we talk about kind of just that that evolution of you know the different ways you can build wealth, whether it's through the corporate side or through um, entrepreneurship you know, at the end of that kind of 18 months, when I, as I kind of told you earlier, when I was kind of shifting back into the corporate world, I really had to kind of flip my mindset to, Hey, you know, I want that corporate experience because there's a lot of security in that, you know, with a growing family. Um, but there's other ways, right? You can start to invest money. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, again, back to the, the very beginning, Nick, when you talked about the power of, of networking, um, you know Mark and I we met actually at the at Johnson and Johnson where I was doing the medical device sales. Um, and then you know we did the the franchise together and again, there was a bit of a handoff there where he kind of took it full- time. I started full-time and then he took it over full time. Um, but the second thing we did coming out of that once I actually got back into the corporate corporate side, I still wanted to build wealth and invest and before we even got to to the to the real estate stuff, um, we were still on that franchise train. And he actually brought me into a new franchise which was an urban air trampoline park so for anybody that's got kids out there they see these big you know these big warehouses that they've turned into trampoline parks the madhouse birthday oh, yeah. parties I was just going. that
1: one a couple of weeks ago yeah and it, <laughs> <laughs> madhouse yeah. is a good description
2: <laughs> right my kids loved yeah. it and I was thoroughly overwhelmed <laughs> but. that's right yeah well, so what he he had, he had he's got a couple kids that are a little older than mine and he was at a birthday party one day he was like he was just looking at little dollar signs on every one of these little kids running around, <laughs> no but he said, how do we, how do we go uh, figure this out? Right. And so he went and um, started doing the research and said, man, Hey, you know, these are a little bit more expensive to get into. We're going to need an investor. You know, at this point I'm in the Northwest. He's, he's down, he's back in Texas still. So we, we, we started one of those up, you know, and um, wow. against very similar. We, again, kind of that shift, this is now where I'm kind of pulling a little further away from the day-to-day grind and the bootstrapping and really just becoming a silent investor. So I had some money saved up from a, a different gig that I had done. And, um, you know, I cut him a pretty large check and said, let's go. And, you know, we still have that business today, together today as well. So it's just interesting how things kind of pop up as you go and, um, mm. you know, and how your, your journey kind of, you know, the different things that happen in your life kind of just kind of lead you toward it uh, you know, different different little paths, but at the end of the day, it's just kind of a kind of a just don't stop, keep going type mentality. And yeah. if you keep looking forward, things just kind of surface, you know. Well, and I love your
1: openness to uh, you know, a whole bunch of different uh, industries or ways to make money. I think it's so easy for entrepreneurs or investors to kind of pigeonhole themselves of like, ah, oh, I'm just, I'm just a single family guy, or I'm just a short term rental guy, or I'm just, right. uh, uh, I'm only into laundry mats. And so for That's you right. to run the uh, the gamut from um, <laughs> trampoline park all the way up to uh, senior care center, I mean, the, 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 I right. can't think of two uh, more opposite uh, things to to be involved in. So as you're looking at um, potential businesses or deals, I mean, what are the the big standout qualities that you're looking for? Is it mostly cash flow? Is it uh, what are the, the ratios or what makes it an attractive opportunity for Scotty?
2: Golly, that's a man. That is such a fun. A- Without giving away <laughs> too many question. of the
1: insider secrets you know no, 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 I, I get no, some, I, some of that you gotta <laughs> keep to yourself no, no. But.
2: I'm here to be an open book I really am I love but it. it's I love that question because it honestly it, all of that stuff's so good right and it's and I've gone back and forth so many different times um, when we were talking about the small business stuff it was 100% about the cash flow right mm-hmm. I wanted mailbox money. Um, I wanted things to kind of start coming in and, you know, I was thinking just like how I can, you know, increase daily, monthly, yearly income, right, was the thing that I wanted to do. Now you're sounding like Um, a banker, Scotty. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that was it, right, from day one. But then, interestingly, as we've kind of, you know, delved into um, the real estate stuff, and if you guys, I mean, this won't be, I mean, you guys will remember just a couple years back when, you know, inflation was just just going through the roof uh, particularly in the housing market um, you know when I when we were kicking this stuff off was kind of right there uh, in the pandemic I'd, I'd actually just bought a new house for as a primary residence and watched that thing just explode right as we bought it mm-hmm. there kind of in the heart of the pandemic and then interest rates were going down at that time and watched the appreciation on the house. I very quickly was like, whoa, like, you know, you, you just have to kind of learn lessons along the way. and was like, mm-hmm. you know, we're, you know maybe, maybe cash flow isn't the end all be all, right? Maybe it's uh, maybe this appreciation, you know, and yeah. kind of, you know, getting in and out. So I think it's actually just about being flexible and finding the opportunity in, in, in whatever you're exploring. Um, because, you know, we went in um, and bought some houses down in Scottsdale, Rott right, Hurst and I, and then I had another partner that I went in on another house with down in Scottsdale. And the goal there was, was 100% short-term in cash flow. But as we just kind of bought it and watched the market go up and up and up, and we saw some of the laws change down in Scottsdale, we said, man, we should probably get out of this thing, right? Because, hmm. we're, you know, we're up a few hundred K here, you know, like yeah. a pretty significant amount in a short amount of time, you know, a year, you know, 18 months. And, um, you know, so I, I think the idea here is that, you know, Wealth building homes in all those different ways, right? Whether it's cash flow, whether it's holding on to an asset long term, whether it's a retirement vehicle, what have you. um and you just have to kind of keep your eyes open, be able to to kind of recognize the opportunity and then take action and pivot and take action on you know what's what's kind of been you know the best move at that time. so
0: i love I love um, that. and i I think there's two things that you're as you're talking, I'm hearing that you're not necessarily focused on. one is, you've utilized whatever season of life that you're in and where you've been. And I think it's really easy to, you know, as we, this podcast is geared toward entrepreneurship and making your own path and making your own trail. You've utilized your corporate jobs, not only for security for the of life you're in with family, but in addition to that, it's allowed you to meet certain people that you wouldn't have met, which has become business partners and on top of that, you've used those sales roles as wealth-building launch pads. And so, again, I, I think it's easy to just say entrepreneurship is the end-all, be-all. And I think a lot of people really channel that and focus on that. But it's it's super easy to forget that there are some incredible benefits to the corporate world as well. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's really it's, it's a really good observation. Nick and I would uh, 100% agree with you there right? as I kind of reflect on – business partners that I've made on the entrepreneurship side and in the investment side, they have all come, most of them have come from the corporate world. Some from academia, I did go back and get my MBA, you know, you know, at one point there and made some really good connections there. Um, again, speaking to the power of the network there that you kicked off with Nick, right? One of the You know, you know, a couple of stories there, my, you know, one of the classmates that I met there happened to be, um, and this is how I was able to transition out of healthcare sales into tech sales, um, doing commissions, actually, he was a accountant, accounting guy was doing commission plans for a a big data storage company called EMC, um, based out of the Northeast that ended up getting bought out by Dell, uh, back in 2015 2016. And, um, you know, he was the one who kind of got me that corporate gig, right? So that networking. Um, But then, uh, you know, also within that same kind of class um, back at the the MBA program at the University of Washington, um, my other buddy was a straight engineer, Mm -hmm. um, and he was working for a company called Hexel, um, which did um, graphite products, um, you know, for aerospace, the aerospace industry. And he he came to me is just kind of seeing me with you know some of that that franchise experience and asked me um, came in with a big problem one day just saying hey Scotty like you know I do project management for these guys and we have these big bids um, you know for these uh, these engineering designs that we gotta we gotta build and we've got this big project with Boeing coming up and I'm tired because I'm honestly I'm tired of uh, of putting these proposals out. And it's the same two vendors that come and they'd staff it right and get the work done, but it's, the work's not very good and they're always over budget and they're always late, right? Oh, like man. all big issues. And he's like, yeah. he's like, I have this network of engineers that can do this work efficiently, um, cheaply. How can I just get them to do the work? And, and literally we sat there and just brainstormed it and said, well, pretty easy. We can actually put a bid on the project. We just got to create an entity, right? Uh, let's, let's create, go create an LLC. Let's put a bid on the project and then we'll 1099. We'll turn around and contract it to your buddies, right? And we'll just take the margin. And so we did that wow. for like a year and made a ton of money, right? Just, just again, it's all about networking, you know, listening to people. But I don't like Adam and I, that partner in that, my classmate, you couldn't find two more different, you know, individuals, different strengths, very like structured mind, very math centered mind, engineer, like I said. Not much personality, but he saw me as kind of the sales guy in the class and like the business guy in the class. With that, like I said, with some of that franchise experience, it was like, how do I go solve this business problem? And so we sat there. I remember we, he said, just said, "Meet me, meet me at class, you know, an hour early, on a Wednesday." You know, oh. and I said, "All right, I'll be there." And so we brainstormed it, and huh. yeah, that was a that was a fantastic just little little run for us. We went, did the project. It took us about a year to do the project the Boeing contract was ended up being about a $3 million contract and his buddies made a ton of money. Right. We were, they were just moonlighting, you know, cause they all had W two jobs, but they were just kind of writing code through the, I mean, I imagine guys with big two liter bottles of Mountain Dew, just like pumping out code 3am <laughs> totally. knocking these designs out and we would just hand them back. And they were like really, really pleased with the work because those guys oh, actually kind of a little secret, some of those engineers that he was passing the work on to used to be at the company and were on Adam's team previously. So he was just outsourcing wow. back to the talent, right? Where he knew where yeah. the talent was. And so they were happy. They were happy to, to take a, you know, a 1099, you know, check, you know, at night, a little extra supplemental income. So right. and it ended up being a win, win, win for everybody. He got the project done and yeah. Wow. So just a ton of neat stories out there. And, um, and again, it's all about, I think just keeping your eyes open you know, keep, keep, you know, meeting people, not being afraid to take a chance with, with different partners, different individuals, and just, like I said, exploring everything. And, um, and we shut that down. We didn't sell it. We didn't try to get another contract. We, you know, we, we recognized and we, we had done a pretty neat thing. And we just, we just honestly just dissolved the company right after that. There wasn't, you know, he wanted to go enjoy his money. He moved down to, he bought a big condo down in like Venice beach or something like that after that and had him. a blast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: As, uh, as you were brainstorming that and putting together the bid, yeah. I mean, is that something that you felt like was within your wheelhouse and you were pretty confident uh, putting it together? Or did it feel like, man, this is uh, this is kind of brand new. We're, we're taking a, a shot in the dark here, but so crazy it might just work. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what was the sort of mentality in, in putting it together? Because I think uh, the background to that question is um, a lot of people would uh, – they would see an opportunity like that, but they would say, oh, "I don't have the skill set or the experience mm-hmm. or you know they'd they'd come up with a hundred excuses for why they have no business putting in a a bid um and just yeah. let the work go to somebody else so I'm curious what the the mindset was for you that was like now oh, we could do this yeah
2: <laughs> a little bit of both i didn't I, I mean i'll be i didn't know what I was doing I'll just be honest yeah, well, all right, we're, yeah. i know this That's right? cool. i know how to get it I know how to to talk to a CPA, talk to an attorney and get a a business, you know, formulated, you know, register with the state. Um, I knew that we needed to make sure there was no conflict of interest because he was still a WU employee with, you know, the firm that was releasing the bid. So we talked to their HR, made sure there was no conflict of interest. They said, as long as it's a fair bid, no issue. So we just kind of, I, you know, was confident in that part um but i I think what your question nick is is spot on um you know i think the more i kind of learn about you know top performers and performance mindset uh, much of it is really just kind of jumping out of the plane and just you know knowing that you know you're going to do the work you're going to do the due diligence you're going to you're going to you know be smart about the decisions you make and knowing that the parachute's going to you know going to show up you know um and so you know i just have never really overthought it. it and honestly a lot of my new business partners when i meet them they're kind of shocked because they're like a lot of time, i'm a very like easy sell is what i would say like oh that sounds good let's go do it right? <laughs> and then we and then we start going and they're looking yeah. at me kind of sideways like don't we want to like you know, don't we want to pull up an Excel sheet and look at the numbers and do this, that, and the other. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to do that too. But like, like I, I think that stuff, all those motions happen once you commit, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a bit of that. And then there's a bit of just like, you know, the one thing I will say I'm very, very good at is, uh, you know, reading people. So I've always had, you know, the, you know, the fortunate, you know, um, situation where I've had great partners um, and I've trusted all of them and they trusted me equally. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and that can go sideways really, really quickly, by the way, right? Like partners, you know, people always say it's, it's like a marriage, it's a business marriage, it's a term. you're going to have tiffs yeah. and fights. and We've, we've had disagreements for sure along the way, but I, I would say that every one of my partners I've had a hundred percent trust in and, and wow. vice versa. And so, you know, that I think it's, it's, it's just about like, you know, um, you know, to your, to your question there, like, you know, what was the mindset? I didn't really have um, a, a great handle on exactly what it was we were doing, but I had a really good faith and belief and trust that, you know, Adam was really, really good at his job. And he knew that process, that RFP process, the bid process, he knew the deliver the work delivery, the the deliverables that have to take to take place. Uh, well, I, I trusted my kind of, you know, like I said, um, uh, ability to kind of navigate any of the, the business, uh, things. And, you know, we put those two things together and we just said, let's go. We didn't have a lot of time either. So sometimes that helps. Right. Um,
1: right. Yeah. The bid was
2: coming in a couple, like two or three months. So you don't have the time to
1: overthink it.
2: Yeah, that's right. So we just kind of, we jumped, right. We said, let's, let's go. Right. He was, he was really all in. So
0: I love uh, that. and was really fortunate. I, I love, you know, I want to camp on risk for a minute because Nick started to ask. Me, yeah. I, I think a lot of people's risk profile is very different. And, of course, for you even today, it looks different than maybe in your 20s with obviously a couple kids. So camping on risk, but maybe even going back, uh, we've heard a lot of amazing success stories. Any failures in startups or entrepreneur in, you know endeavors that – didn't go the other way, and and kind of what? How do you attack risk? Where, like you said, you're an easy sell, you jump in and and you're ready to rock and roll. Other people would be like, No, I'm going to evaluate this for six months.
2: Yeah, it's a a fantastic question, and the risk actually just kind of evolves as you go. Um, But I've been really fortunate, Uh, one of the failures I had very early on. Um, was and it's always, I think it's always good to fail early. Um, so fail quickly and fail early, right? And we're kind of the two things. Um, and I didn't know that principle in the beginning, but um, this was just really literally before we did the the kind of the first head on, um, you know, senior carrier franchise where I really made the, the, the big leap. Prior to that, yeah, again, like I was saying, Mark and I, um, we're really doing a lot of discovery on what what else is what what's out there. What can we get our heads around? What can we kind of lean into? What business can we buy or build to kind of to kind of kind of you know soothe that that entrepreneurial itch a little bit? And one of the things we tried early on was um, was we became actually a certified uh, light distributor, right? So LED lighting was really getting really big at the time because there was a, a big push for energy efficiency mm-hmm. and. Um and so the lighting industry was, was, was a really old industry, but we found there was an opportunity if you found the right product to register as a distributor and go sell it, right? Sell it to big and so we found this, this company called Lumen. And I actually haven't followed up to see where they're at. And I had a buddy actually to, to, you know, that was working for Lumen. Um and he knew I was a good sales rep. And so he said, Hey, I could get you registered, man, and you could go sell our product. And the idea was like big light uh lighting and warehouses. And it had um, a software attached to it that would automate it, like when lights come on and off based on like the traffic within the warehouse, right? To to just start really optimize um, the energy efficiency. And so, you know, the startup cost of that was just a couple grand. It was pretty cheap, right? Because we needed to buy like a sample kit. We needed to. to, We didn't know how to, you know, register ourselves for an LLC, so we overpaid some, you know, some accountant to do that for us, (laughs) Um, and uh, some attorney to put together some papers for us. So anyway, we did that, and I think one of the big lessons learned in that, and we failed right We went to a handful of of warehouses, they told us to go away because they'd never heard of us before, <laughs> you know? and um you know they didn't they weren't ready to invest in you know new lighting, you know that wasn't like a prime thing of theirs and so I think the big lesson for me there was um at that time anyway, and you know again it's it's an evolution was like I, I don't think I could kind of half do this right mm-hmm. I really need to kind of lean in and go all the way because we had kept our corporate job, so we were really busy again hunting surgeons down the hallway and trying to do this you know for an hour a day, just like let's go drive to this warehouse and make a call and and we just we just never were able to break through we got we got really close a couple of times with a couple of warehouse managers that were gonna pull the trigger but we just never and you know that lasted a full year right we were sitting there trying to like wow. really grind and to try to get you know get a customer and we just couldn't and i think you know had, had we like really committed full time I, I think we probably could have you know um but you know just doing an hour a day just wasn't gonna cut it and so that's where we i made the mind my mind up that whatever we decide on next i'm gonna once we figured i'm gonna quit and go go all in just with go, it
1: go yeah uh,
2: yeah all in so um, yeah, so, so definitely some failures along the way, that was one of them, but I think again, with the if you kind of keep the principle in mind that, you know, if you're going to fail, f- fail as, as, as low cost as possible and as quickly as possible, I think those are the two things you have to kind of keep in mind um, but, you know, and as, and as I reflect, I think that's really kind of the, the only one we've really kind of taken a loss on so far, you know, everything else has been maybe not as successful as we thought it would be um, but it's still been profitable and still been good and I think that's the other thing is you just kind of have to you, you, yeah, take the wins for what they are. Right. Um, so it's great. Um, yeah. you know, you, in your mind it might be a, a billion dollar idea. Maybe it's only a hundred thousand dollar idea, but that's okay. Like that's still, that's a win. Right. Um, so yeah. Um, you gotta take, take what you can. Huh.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I love, uh, the consistency of, uh, taking action. I mean, that's been a real theme even so far and just, um, what you've sure. said. And, uh, that, that trait, I, I alluded to it earlier, um, uh, but that seems to be the, the hardest thing for people who talk about entrepreneurship and probably a lot of our listeners here relate to just like, all right, I want to do this, but, uh, taking the action seems to be the most difficult hurdle. Is that something that you've experienced, or do you think that you're just maybe wired different so that action comes easy? Uh, are there certain things that you got to do to to push yourself to take action? Mantras that you have to repeat to yourself? To, I'm going to do this, or uh, what do you uh, what do you think has helped you clear that hurdle that so many others just get tripped up on?
2: Yeah, uh, I, I think it's a good question. I, I mean, part of it I do think is just my mindset in general. I'm just not a very you know. I was talking about about this with a, a friend the other day actually, who was was talking about just different um, approaches um, and how they you know analyze different things. And there's kind of like these two two boxes or two types, if you will. One's a, a maximizer, where they'll do all the analysis. Um, look at every single option to make sure they get the max output and the other one is just a satisfier right where you know you've looked at enough options to say hey i think this is uh, good enough and you go with that and good you know pros and cons to each of those but maybe we, we very quick you know quickly identify that i'm really a satisfier yeah. so if it checks a handful of boxes and i think it's going to be profitable um then i kind of get just go for it you know whereas you know my friend is is very much a maximizer you know, um, and that's not to say that she doesn't make decisions. She does. She just takes a little longer. And mm-hmm. um, and so, I, you know, for me, um, that's part of it. It's just my mindset. It's it just how I'm built naturally. Um, but also, as cliche as it sounds, I do think you have to have, you know, kind of a why. Like, what, what are we doing this for? And, and, you know, what's kind of the end game? Um, and so I really, at an early age, really spent a lot of time uh, or not early age, probably my mid 20s, but early in my career, s- put a lot of like targeted time into some of that soul searching. Because um, I knew I wanted money. And uh, but I didn't know really know why. At first, it was hey because you didn't have it when you're a kid, right? Mm. And you wanted, you wanted the Air Jordans and you wanted, you know, you know, you wanted the, the nice things in life. Um But you know, I, I, in my head, I was like, that's that once I was able to kind of afford those things, even through just a corporate job, I was like, that's not it, right? What is it that we're trying to do here? Um, and so for me, it was really comes back to just that it comes actually it was, it, it comes back to family. It, um, again, it was around that time we were expecting our first, I realized quickly that I didn't want to, gr- I didn't, I wanted to be able to retire early because that, that, you know, kids grow up quick, they leave mm-hmm. the house quick. And so the goal for me was to was kind of that fire, right. Uh, Retire early um, and make sure you spend as much time with your family um, before they take off. Right. And make sure you, you just cherish every moment. So I think those are the things that, you know, if you can figure out your why um, and again, I know that sounds so cliche, everything else is just like emotion. That's kind of like, um, you know, uh, backing into that or, or supporting that, excuse me. Um, And so like, when, when I think about a lot of these investments, it, it's just not even, there's not a whole lot of thought to it anymore. It's it's really like, it's like, does it, you know, does it meet these criteria? Is this something that I believe in that I think it will be successful in? And, you know, is it going to get me to where I need to go, right? At the end yeah. of the day, right? That's kind of the, the thing, right? Is it going to get me to that? Why? And if it, it supports that, then, you know, I'm off to the races, generally speaking. That's, that's awesome.
0: Well, and, and curious in that, you know, obviously two kids running around. What uh, and that is your why? I love it. What What are you focused on today? I mean, where is the emphasis and focus for you? Uh, what are you What are you working on?
2: Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, so I, we started the call, bus, and how we met, Nick, right, with the real estate stuff. And I think that's you know, the last couple of years have really been dedicated to that. Um, you know and and even within that it's I think it's been really, really neat to learn about you know there's between short term and long term and again, the idea of cash flow versus just like holding an asset a long way and we've and, and it's been pretty neat because um you know, as the market has shifted, we've kind of done all of those things right, yeah. just based on what the market kind of demands here and so um you know, to date, you know i when you and I had met, I think I just bought my first short term rental down in, um, down in Scottsdale. Um, since then, uh, we've sold that one. We, I bought another one with a different partner, you know, for different reasons, different times. Um, and then we've done some long-term rentals here up here in the, in the, in the Washington market. It just closed, I think on our third property. Right. Um, and again, with the, with, and again, a, a little different model with this, this latest one, um, with some of the new laws in, in, in King County, uh, not King County, in Pierce County, Tacoma, where, we're, where they're able to kind of zone, you know, different properties on lots. We, we, we went after a different type of property this time and really focused on the number of doors we could put in. So we found a really nice property that had, you know, kind of a second um, garage that we're actually going to turn into another actual house and rent that out. And So we cool. to kind of turn this into two or three doors, actually. Um so, yeah, again, I think it's just, you know, kind of being nimble and flexible. And, um, and obviously that's a different model. That's a long-term model versus a short-term rental type model. And just kind of understanding, you know, the lay of the land and uh, not being kind of pigeonholed into to one singular idea. And some people would say that you're not you're, you're not really remaining focused. And, you know, and, and I think there's value in kind of knowing your buy box and figuring out what it is you do well and just hammering that, right? Um Uh, But for me, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit been a little bit of the opposite. It's just been kind of uh, understanding where we're at today. You know, what are the, what does the landscape look like today? What is it going toward, you know, tomorrow and, and trying to, trying to capitalize on the, you know, the opportunities and and the way forward, you know, in that sense. So, yeah. So we've got five, you know, today now I have, you know, four or five properties and I think we'll, you know, we'll add maybe one or two more this year. It's not like a super aggressive plan, but, we're getting there, right? It's yeah. it's been like you said a year and a half now, and I've got you know four you know four or five houses now, so that's pretty neat. No,
1: that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. And are you uh, at this point? Are you full time in your uh, real estate investing and entrepreneurial endeavors, um, or are you still doing? Uh, you still have the tech sales or kind of corporate gig yeah. that's supporting a lot of what the other endeavors you're up to.
2: Yeah, it's a great question. All right, so I am a full time sales rep for a, a software tech vendor now, right? Cool. So I do that, yeah. you know, every day. Um, one of the things I liked about real estate is it it, it can be passive, right? Yeah. You still have to put a little bit of effort. You still have to pay attention, um, but by and large, it's passive. And so that was, you know, where I'm at in life now. With my kids getting a little bit older, you know, we're doing, you know, we had couple of soccer games this weekend we didn't want to miss they're swimming they're you know they're dancing yeah. they're doing all the things yeah I think I need to pull further and further away from just being like hundred percent on the daily grind yeah you know um, and you know I'm fortunate that we've had some some wins along the way to kind of get me to where we can kind of be that way but yeah um, it's it's been a sh- it, same thing yeah kind of the theme right just kind of being like where you're at today you know and understanding where you're at and what kind of fits your schedule your pace and what your goals are and so real estate's been really good for that um, so that's definitely like a, I would say a side, you know, which is a far cry from what I mentioned earlier about having to go all in when we failed that first time. Right. Yeah. But I'm at a different place in life now as well. So. Yeah. And possess. I love uh,
1: again, that, that adjustability, flexibility, recognition that life is dynamic, not static. Um, yeah. uh, so that's, that's really good. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned the, uh, you used the word legacy earlier as you think about your own kids, and I love, uh, we talk a lot about, as cliche as it is, we talk a lot about the why, that's uh, super important, but um, sure. obviously your your parents, uh, with them laying a foundation for you and you seeing their grind and hustle, um, and even though realizing yeah, <laughs> the restaurant business is not what you wanted to do, I'm sure <laughs> that uh, you still learned a yeah. ton from the example that they set. When you envision the the legacy that you're leaving for your kids, or the things that you want to instill in them, um, you know, what kind of things come to mind?
2: Yeah, I appreciate that question so much. Um, it, it's the same things that my mom taught me that you got to earn everything, that nothing's really given. You know, I want them to. You know, I think the big thing for for all of us is we want um, our next generation to be better than than what we had, right? So. But I, I what I have found is that you can't just give it to them, right? Otherwise they don't they take it for granted and mm-hmm. um you know, and 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 often actually the research is showing now in our society that, you know, maybe this next generation is going to be the first generation that is worse off mm-hmm. than the than the previous generation, right? When you talk about you know, just some of the things that we've we've been through, you know, the technology boom. There's a lot of different factors that are going into that. Um, and so, you know, my kids have a lot more than I had growing up, um, but I am one hundred percent always harping on them about how a they need to be they need to express gratitude right mm-hmm. for everything that, that they've been given, the opportunities they get, um, the material things that they have, the toys they got running around. But when I say opportunity, I'm talking about you know being able to go to school every day, right? Being able to uh, you know to get you know dance lessons and and, and play on soccer teams and, and and get swimming lessons, those things um and and you know and in that i i, I always impress upon them that they've they still got to go work hard and earn things and and actually there's a lot of gratitude that comes from the journey right um and so i think the things that it's all the things that i've learned in life that i want to pass along to them and hopefully have hopefully they can experience and enjoy right because i think we're at a place where we're, actually we have more than we've ever had in society but there's just, in a lot of ways, people aren't enjoying those things, right? Everyone has a cell phone nowadays, whether, wh- whatever your income level is. Mm-hmm. But there's still a lot of, like, you know, anxiety. There's a lot of, you know, yeah, I don't want to get too Debbie Downer here, but I want them to be able to earn things so that they can enjoy it, right? Because I think a part of the enjoyment is really kind of appreciating the process and, and fighting yeah. through the, the trials and the, and, the, and the challenges along the way. That's a great response, man. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah,
0: I love I love that focus on the family, and I know that's part of who you are, and you know, just continuing to give back to the kids, and and similarly, I mean, as dads, we're we're in the same boat. So I love that. Well, yeah, we're gonna get ready to wrap this thing up. I got one question before we jump to the gold nugget round. So uh, curious, sure. looking and reflecting on the journey. Hey, you pick up the phone. You're talking to your younger self. What less? What what would you, what advice would you give yourself? Or hey, I'm I get to do all this over again. What? How would you impart the wisdom to yourself? And really, the focus is our listeners who maybe haven't gotten started or they haven't jumped into any entrepreneur stuff. I mean, what would you share?
2: Yeah, I, it's such a great question. I think the biggest thing, and this is a lesson I'm learning today, even is it's just kind of being in the moment, being present uh, where you're at. I think for me, um, I was always just so forward driven about this this goal I needed to hit. And goal setting is great, right? No, no, no shade on that. Um, about this this number I had to hit, you know, all these things, right? This place I had to get to, and when you when you are so forward focused, you often um, you know, not enjoy enjoy the journey, right? And enjoy being there, right? Um, and so that's something that I'm still working on today, right? Is just how you just kind of stay present in everything because. You know, for me, I'm at a place where I, I can kind of see the finish line here where, you know, all the things that I really wanted and to be kind of that 100% financially independent and, um, you know, not having to kind of do the rat race anymore and, and grind so hard is, is on the horizon here. And, and, um, and so I'm almost a little anxious, like how do, how do I get there even quicker, right? But the reality is, is like what I just talked about earlier is like going through the motions, fighting through the challenges, kind of being there day-to-day is, is, is really where the kind of the good stuff's at. And so, uh, I mean, the biggest advice I have to give is just kind of enjoy the journey and kind of, kind of soak it up, you know, every hour, every day. And, week and you know it all kind of time kind of passes pretty quickly so, that's so good. You know, next thing you know you'll get there yeah
0: i love that that's so good and thanks for sharing the wisdom to your younger self maybe you'll uh you'll hear it back yeah <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> Well, for let, sure.
0: let's switch over real quick we got four questions we ask everybody uh, our guests it's the gold nugget round so first one is we talk about the six f's of abundant journey so it's family finance faith Failure, fitness, and future—we've hit, I think, all of those topics today. But what, what, what's one of the F's of abundant journey here this year that you're working on, maybe getting better at or growing?
2: Yeah, it's 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 actually it's the family side, um, right? Um, I I think that you know I've, I've I've said this throughout the you know the time today that that's always been the north star for me. You know, is, is the family. Um, but one of the things I'm learning is that um, and it's not to suggest that anything's ever wrong, but there's always better. There's always more. There's always, um, uh, um, there's always an optimization that you can even get more out of your marriage. You can get more out of the relationship with your kids. Right. Yeah. Um, and so is is like content as we might be. What's the, what's, what's something else that we can, we can work on. Right. Um, and so, yeah, actually my wife and I just started recently journaling, um, a little bit together and we do this kind of one question a night where we, we ask each, and it's a, it's a, you know, there's a 365, there's a number of different formats and books you can go out and buy. And, 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 you know, just doing that with, there's just been so neat, right. Cause we've got to explore each other in a way we just haven't in a long time. We've, we've been married for over 10 years now. Um, and so when you first start dating, it's just all about that exploration. And then you get into a routine and a rhythm, which we as people, uh, like we like routines. Um, but that also with it can com- become complacency right and so it's just been a really kind of neat way for us to kind of start redating again a little bit right and, and reinvesting in in family so familys the area I'm working on this you know this year
0: I love it and uh, couldn't think of a better yeah. thing to work on that's awesome next yeah. one what's a quote from a book or mentor that stuck with you on your journey
2: oh wow Um I'm going to go back to what I've already said, right? Um, but, and I'll actually give you guys a little bit of a story. It, it, it's always going to go back to my parents. My mom and dad were just such influential figures in my life. Um, and they, you know, they worked really, really hard, long days. But I, I'll, a quick story on kind of where I got. And I, I remember being uh, around 12 or 13 years old, kind of early early adolescence. And, um really kind of feeling sorry we were in the kitchen it was like a 98 degree day and down in arkansas you know like burning up i'm like sitting there helping my dad i'm chopping vegetables and i'm just like miserable i'm like what is going to there's got to be more right and i'm like dad i go uh uh, i was like I, i can't even remember what the exact question was um where i basically kind of complained about um like why we didn't have more money and why why he like he didn't like go to school and do all the things so that I we didn't have to do this right, <laughs> um, and he and I, I just said maybe, he goes you know like he what he said to me was he goes you know Scotty, you don't even know this but you already hit the jackpot and I was like what are you talking about <laughs> you know and he goes the jackpot is opportunity right you were born an American citizen you get a chance to go out and kind of pave your own way right. And he just said, so if you want to get out of this heat and you don't want to be on your hands and, and, you know, you you know using your hands all day, go go study, go find a different path, right? Go figure it out, you know. Um, but you have the opportunity to do that, and I didn't, mm-hmm. right? And I, that's, like, the one story that – it's not a quote, so to speak, but it's definitely, like, a conversation that we had yeah. um, that I'll just, like, never, ever forget. It's the really charted, like – you know, the direction I wanted to go for a number of reasons. It gave me a lot of, you know, national, you know, national pride. like that was a time when I was also like, man, I should go and serve the country at some point. Right. Which has kind of led me to the military. It, it led me to the wealth building kind of mindset. It really kind of shaped like a number of different things that ended up happening over the, you know, the course of the past, you know, you know, over the course of my life, just that one conversation with my father. Yeah. You know.
1: I'd say you made him proud, man. I got to imagine <laughs> yeah. he's pretty
2: happy with uh, the way that you've
1: taken that advice yeah. and, uh, and run with yeah. it and taking those words to heart. It's great.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, what's a dream or goal that you've had that you've not been able to make happen yet?
2: Yeah, good one. It's really the next phase of life. So I've talked about being financially independent. I think the thing I want to do in the next phase is actually teach. Hmm. I want to go back, and, and you talked about leaving legacies earlier. We, we kind of shaped that in the form of um, my kids, but I really want to, I want to mentor. I miss that from my, my service days when I was in the Army, being in team environments, and um, I want to go back and teach middle school, um, and I think that cool. there's a lot of synergy there in terms of just like, you know, obviously leaving the legacy, but also um, it puts me on a good schedule here where I can have holidays, spring breaks, summers off with the kids. We can go travel, right? So that kind of to kind of bring it back to my why, um, the goal I haven't met yet is is actually being all the way there, right? You know, kind of being that financially independent and and uh, becoming a, a middle school teacher, which is kind of the next goal for me. But that's that's going to happen here pretty soon. I'm, I'm looking forward to it
0: uh
1: nervous <laughs> veteran adult facility.
2: <laughs> and with each
1: question yeah. i like this guy more and more and more you know just, yeah. this is awesome oh, you, i love
0: it <laughs> hey last one here at the end of your life what do you hope you'll be remembered for
2: oh man just having a good time and smiling and and, and having fun right like i like all the things we've talked about today can are really hard things to do it's it can be stressful hmm Family so important. There's heavy topics out there, right? We've talked about failures, um, but man, honestly, um, I just hope people, you know, when they, the the people that knew me just like had a good time, had fun and we smiled and laughed a lot. I mean, those are the things that I really want to be remembered for. Just like, man, just having a good, had had fun, right? Like I, I mentioned it earlier, like we have so many things today in life. Like we just have so much material things. There's so many opportunities, but like, I just don't see a lot of people having a lot of fun anymore. So I'm hoping that, you know, that's the biggest thing I want my kids to just be like, enjoy life, really enjoy it. The yeah. ups and the downs. I love it. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks for jumping cool. on with us. We're going to wrap this thing up, but it's been great hearing your story. How can people get a hold of you?
2: Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, you know, um, Scott Young, Y E U N G is the, kind of the easiest way. Um, and I'm always available for conversations for, you know, answering questions. Um, I often go back to the University of Washington and do panels for them, and a lot of the students follow up with me there, the current students. So, uh, yeah, LinkedIn's probably usually the best way. Uh, My profile's public, so... Right on.
1: Well, Scotty, you're the man. We'll make sure to include a link to uh, your LinkedIn profile in the the show notes and super grateful for the conversation. Listeners, thank you all so much for engaging. As always, if you could leave us uh, a review, let us know what you thought of the time with Scotty here and um, sign up for the newsletter AbundantJourney.net and we'll be back soon. But for now, that's a wrap. Thanks, y'all. Thank you.